everybody. This is a special episode of the Same 24 Hours podcast. As you know, at the conclusion of each episode, I ask my guest a special question. What is it that you do with your 24 hours that makes it great? As you all know by now, we all have the same 24 hours, and it's what we do in those 24 hours that contributes to our health, happiness, and success. So I thought it would be really fun to have an episode that kind of mashed all of these guests together and provided like a Cliff Notes version of what makes their 24 hours great. So I hope you all enjoy this episode. Each question um, will be introed with the name of the guest and kind of who they are and then their answer to this question. So I hope you all enjoy it and look forward to the new season of the same 24 hours podcast coming in January. First up, Kyle and Brent Peace. Kyle and Brent are Iron Man brothers who have defied the limits of what is possible and proved the power of inclusion in sport. Their must-listen episodes are 4 and 26, with a new episode coming in 2019. I get each other. Each other? That we have each other yeah. that we can appreciate one another. We can have the brotherly moment together. The good and the bad. The good and the bad. And that we have a family with the foundation. Mm-hmm. And they are just as part, part of our, they are part of our story too. Mm-hmm. And we're part of their story. And that is so amazing to say that, to feel that, and it's awesome. That sense of family. I, no, I think that's, I think Kyle nailed it, that it's, it is a sense of togetherness and that, you know, being at the back of a race course by yourself can be a very tough, lonely, mental experience, but to have somebody there along with you to make those 20 minutes or 24 hours better can make all the difference. And so that can be anybody. And for me and for Kyle, we use each other for those moments. Up next is Lauren Handel Zander, author of the book, Maybe It's You. Cut the crap, face your fears, love your life. So I have a lot of, so sex with my husband twice a week, mm-hmm. never, never hold on to anything, never go to bed unhappy, never not resolved and never, and I, and I am famous for copying to my own shit, right? I yep. love owning whatever you have to say you had an experience of me as. Most people are not very, most people are defensive, right? And so one of my, my greatest capacities is to own my dark side and to get called on it and to be happy to own it and apologize and make a new promise. Mm -hmm. So I walk my own talk and that has me have a very hot marriage after 20 years. Let me ask you this real quick. And this doesn't have to do with marriage, Um, but like when you own your own shit, when, when you are in a relationship with a friendship, a business partner, whoever, and you know that they're pissed off at you and you yeah. Say, what did I do? And you, you literally will take all the steps to make it right. And then yeah. you can't get them to tell you what you did so you can make it right. If you're ready, you're standing there, you're like, I will own this. <laughs> I will own my own shit. I am ready. 
and then no one will tell you what you're supposed to own. What do you do? <laughs> what do you do? Um, nine out of 10. Well, first of all, you pick that person, right? <laughs> There's no one in your life. You're not in whatever dilemma you're in that you picked on purpose. Okay. Right. So, so with that in mind, the odds that you know what they're upset about, right? If I gave you a million dollars, if you could figure out what they're upset about, unless it's your first month with them and you really don't know them, your ability to guess what they're upset about is usually pretty good, even though they should tell, why are they mad about that? Like you're in an entire dynamic that you probably could write out. If I gave you a million bucks to get it right, you would earn the money. Mm -hmm. And you're the picker who ends up in a relationship that's imbalanced that way. Okay. So I, I always, does that make, so, so. Yeah, no, it does. It does. And then even, yeah, I just wonder when, when, even if you're in the relationship and you've picked it, um, when, when do you know to cut it loose? And when you've, even if you. I, I mean, you do. Yeah. You, uh, most relationships, if they, if they keep on having the same drama, mm -hmm. right? Like they, they, a healthy friendship, a healthy business relationship, a healthy lover, right? You can't get, the, the only places you may have unhealthy relationships that actually you need to keep on working on forever is your family. Right. Right. Like that, that you were born into that one. I recommend you figure out how to fix that one. And that could take a lifetime. Right. Everything else. And that then includes your children. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and it even includes your husband or ex-husband. Right. So family is family and you can't get out of that. You picked all that. That is sacred. That's coming with you till the end of time. Right. And maybe even past that. <laughs> Sorry. OK. Pick wisely. Pick wisely, guys. Okay. Um, especially your husband, because that makes your children or your wife or, you know, so that's right. very critical. But past that, everything else in your life needs to be worth it for you. Mm -hmm. Your friendships, like those, all those things are, they should only be in your life if they bring you real pa freedom, power, joy, happiness. Right. Right. That doesn't mean it's never hard. But it, it has a level of equality, right? So when if you find yourself in an unequal relationship, right, you do all the work. You know how to account for everything. They're defensive. They never own up to anything. If you call a relationship imbalanced and it's not a fair deal, uh, you have to leave. Right. Or tell them you're leaving because of the imbalance. Have the real fight. And then either the person will pick up like pick up the slack and agree or they it's time to break up. It's, you know, most people don't understand it's okay to leave people. Right. It's okay to change friends. It's okay to change jobs. It's okay to be unhappy and find something better, right? The amount people will stay and keep on trying to fix themselves and be upset. I find that way more disturbing than learning how to move on. Absolutely. Because the moment you decide this is destructive and dangerous to my health, then you're standing in your truth. You're done telling the lie. Yeah, it's, I have, you know, I do a lot to help people tell the truth about the imbalances in their life. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that has to do with, you know, could be in work or could be with their community friends. 
Up next is Sarah Heppola, author of the book Blackout, Remembering the Things I Drink to Forget. Okay. Well, here's one thing I do that is really, I think I would think it was creepy. So I'm a little, (laughs) I'm like a little hesitant to tell you that I do this, but I do it. And that's that every morning I get on my knees and I pray and I pray to basically just, you know, be freed of a lot of my own nonsense and to be useful to other people in the world. And I don't, know that I be, like I definitely don't believe in like a robed god or whatever like a like a guy with a beard that like lets you into heaven but I believe that we can direct our own thinking and our own path by the attitudes that we take and when I kind of get on my knees every morning and and ask to kind of get out of my own way I believe that it helps me be just in better shape to be of service to people and to be my better self. I honestly, you know, I'm sorry. I feel like I sound like such new age mumbo jumbo. No, you don't. You don't. And I absolutely don't think it's creepy to pray. (laughs) And I, well, I mean, I've been really embarrassed by it because I have friends that just think that is so weird. And I thought it was so weird. And I remember the first time I did it, I was like, thought, you know when you do those things and even though you're alone, you're sure like everybody's watching you, you know? <laughs> like the first time I masturbated as an adult, I was like, oh my God, I think everyone can see that. <laughs> like it had that feeling to me. Um, and, but I've done it now for years and I, it's a very valuable way for me to start my day, which is to remember that there are things that are greater than me. You know, I'm not the center of the universe, the world. I'm just sort of drifting through this universe. I don't know what my purpose is. Nobody ever really does. And so all I can do is hope that maybe there, maybe I don't have a purpose. Maybe purpose is just the discovery of what your path ends up being. But I want it to be, I want it to be as good as it can be. And so this is a way for me to kind of tighten the screws in my own mind every morning. And I find it to be very helpful and I wouldn't do it. I think if I didn't find it to be helpful, I always remember there's a quote from CS Lewis and he says, you know, I don't pray because it changes God. I pray because it changes me. And so, so that's, so that's what I do every day. Up next is Jeff Galloway, Olympic athlete, and founder of Pheidippides. Well, the one consistent theme that has really changed my attitude when there's a lot of stress going on with projects Mm -hmm. and things is a series of mantras, positive mantras. I can do this. I'm going to feel better when I do this. Uh, I have hidden strengths, Uh, one more step. I can always do one more step, one more walk break. And whatever applies to the individual, uh, that starts the process of moving into the human conscious brain. And then if you set up a step-by-step plan after that, you'll change your life every day. 
Up next is David Leet, author of the book Notes on a Banana, a memoir of food, love, and manic depression. Well, I think, uh, I wish I could say consistent because my life changes so much uh, from where I'm at, either in the country or the city. But one of the things I think that's very important, I got this from Mario Hornbacher, who wrote a book called Madness, A Bipolar Life. And it's a real rough read, but it is a brilliant, brilliant read. And she's a a Pulitzer Prize-nominated author. Um, She says that one of the things that she does every day is to make sure she has meaningful connection with just at least one human being. It can be on the phone with someone, a friend. It could be the, the postal worker in your town. But try and have contact with at least one other human being because at least with my illness, there's so much about isolation. And what I do as a writer is about isolation. Right. I can't write. I can't write in the middle of Times Square. Maybe there are some writers who can. I can't. I have to be very isolated and cocooned. So that contact with other people is something that I'm working very, very hard on um, to be able to say, okay, I did have a meaningful connection with another human being today. Up next is Natalia Cohen writer, coach, motivational speaker, and one of four women who rode from America to Australia. Uh, Wherever possible, I'll begin the day with a 10-minute meditation. Um, It can be just sitting in silence for 10 minutes. Otherwise, it will be a guided meditation depending on how I'm feeling. I've done a couple of, they're called Vipassana. They're 10-day silent retreats. and they're based on a Buddhist philosophy um, that everything changes. And so Goenkaji is the, is the guru, I suppose, that initiated the, the Vipassana meditation. So there's a 10-minute meditation that he does that I generally use every morning wherever possible. Um, I always try and do some kind of physical activity every day, even if it's just getting outside and walking around the block, just to make sure that I'm doing something physical. But I will try and get to the gym or do something active as much as possible. Because for me, at the moment, particularly because I'm not involved in in any big expeditions or anything like that, that that is my moment of utter focus and being present. And I, I find that that's really invaluable just to know that you've had half an hour or an hour or, you know, however long of being totally, completely and utterly in the moment and focused. And I will end the day um, thinking about a highlight. So I'll always do my best to find a highlight from every day. And, and I think that makes you look for the positive as much as you can. And that's something we did on the boat as well. So in our rowing pairs, we would always share a daily highlight. And that highlight literally could have been anything, but we just needed to make a point to look for those positives as much as we could. Yeah. In our family, we watched a movie years ago called, it's a Bruce Willis and Michelle Pfeiffer movie called The Story of Us. And they posed a question to their kids at dinner every night that said, high, low, what was your high for the day? What was your low? And we joke in our family, my husband and my daughter are very positive just by nature. They were born that way. And my, my son and I tend to be a little bit more crotchety and we're just not like naturally positive. So we can always come up with our negative, (laughs) we can come up with our low, like immediately. 
And so it's been a great exercise to, and, and my husband's like, no, you have to come up with the high first. And I'm, I'm much better. I'm, I'm definitely a more positive person than I used to be. But my son who's nine, he's like, well, I can tell you three lows for today, (laughs) but I don't have a positive. So I love the way that you focus on gratitude and positivity because it's definitely a practice. I think some people are more positive by nature, but it is a practice and you, you practice practice it yeah I mean that's an interesting point nature or nurture you know <laughs> I, I who knows you know maybe I am similar to, to your husband and your daughter and just naturally I, I, I've always been a, you know looked through the world with rose tinted glasses mm-hmm. as much as possible I suppose and that's just because that's how I've chosen right. to want to see the world um, but I think highlights and lowlights yeah that it's a really it's a great exercise and like you say it does become a practice and you also need the lowlights because they're 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 the learnings you know most of the learnings come from those lowlights and right. you know when you're in challenging situations that's that is when you do your most growth so you know I I, I suppose it's just altering how you look at challenge you know for some people it's it's so scary and it's filled with fear and there's a lot of negativity that comes with it whereas for me it's it's a it's a great opportunity essentially it's an opportunity to further yourself and to develop more mental resilience or you know to see how you react to a certain situation which I I just find interesting I find people and our minds fascinating and you know we're all work in progress we all have our good days we all have our bad days and I think ultimately we actually as people we reflect the ocean so perfectly you know we ebb and flow and we rise and fall and we have our days when we're confused and angry or we feel powerful and other days where you know, we're calm and peaceful and reflective and, you know, we're, we're constantly changing and moving. And so, you know, that's, that's, that's life. Up next is Annie Grace, author of This Naked Mind, Control Alcohol, Find Freedom, Discover Happiness and Change Your Life. So my baby girl, she's seven weeks old and I um, named her Dalen. And the reason is because I wanted to call her day because I feel like in the last few years, I am being taught about a day, about how life is really daily. And I've spent so much of my life trying to get through the next thing. And I think we all do this in order to get somewhere. And in the last three years and all since stopping drinking, I have realized that life is not about getting to the next day or the day when you have that marriage or this amount of money or that business or this is happening. It is about existing in this day. And so I named her Daylin so I can call her day so that I can think about that every time I look at her and just think about it is about living in this day. And so at the risk of repeating myself, I say that at least once, and even if you have to set your alarm and you will become addicted to this in such a beautiful way, stop and just say, I am here and look up at the clouds and look around at what is around you. And no matter where you are, even if I've done it in like a grocery store and I've been just, wow, I'm so like, we have all this food we can just buy and it's on the shelves or, you know, I'm in the bathroom, we have this tap we can just turn on and it all sounds so cheesy, but when you actually do it and you just stop just for like five seconds or 30 seconds and be where you are, 
instead of in your head. That, that has changed my entire life. Up next is Dr. Shefali, speaker, author, psychologist, and author of the book, The Conscious Parent. Well, I think that the two main consistent things I do is I exercise my body almost every single day uh, and break a sweat and, and feel my body and enter my body and, and, and just rejuvenate physically. And then the other thing I do definitely every day, sometimes twice a day, is I meditate. So that rejuvenates me into a place of quiet and stillness and uh, realigns me with my source and reminds me that I am beyond this form and I don't need to get caught up in all these things of ego. And just again, reminds me that we are essentially limitless and expansive and boundless. Up next is Dr. Aviva Ram a physician, midwife, and herbalist. I would say for me, probably the biggest thing, uh, maybe the two biggest things, um, I try to laugh, and my my little grandkids make me laugh, so I try to tune in with them a lot. Um, But I think gratitude, I know that sounds so simplistic and so common, but gratitude for what I have, you know, when I'm in a busy time crunch with a book or producing something, reframing that from like, oh, I have to do this to, oh my gosh, I'm so grateful. I get to do this. Yes. Probably is the biggest, the biggest charge for me is just, I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful. I get to have work that I love and interact with people like you who are amazing. Um, Absolutely. Gratitude is everything. And, And I always tell like my athletes or when I give a talk that if you can't be brave, then just be grateful because mm-hmm. you will find bravery and you will find everything you need if it comes from a place of gratitude. So we're soul it's sisters so true. on that one. It's so true. And it doesn't mean denying the crappy stuff that might be happening in your life, but if you can find one kernel. So my husband and I actually, you know, to get very, um, you know, kind of granular about this, we actually started uh, a little practice and we don't do it every day, but we, we kind of try to have it a, a general part of our life which is when we wake up in the morning, one thing we're grateful for and one thing we're looking forward to that day. And that just sets my day off right. Up next is Anthony Malone, triathlete, yogi, and owner of Paper Plane Yoga in College Park, Georgia. I bet you're going to say yoga. <laughs> yoga, yeah. It's, it's, it's the intention. I mean, getting up with the intention of non-judgment getting up with the intention that you're going to treat people the way they want to be treated, not the way you want to be treated. Because you may want to be treated a totally different way and they don't want to be treated that way. Um, So treating people the way they want to be treated. Um, And for all of the managers out there that manage people, that's something that I've given you free of charge. I used to do seminars on this, but yeah, I mean, we always we've learned treating people the way you want to treat you want to be treated, and sometimes people don't want to be treated that way. But yeah, waking up with a good intention that you're going to try to help somebody um, and be nice, have that positive energy, you know, because energy introduces yourself. You don't even have to open up your mouth. Yeah, um, your positive energy introduces yourself. Just like when you uh, greeted me over the phone. I mean, I could literally feel your energy uh, through the phone. That's just because it, I'm a loud mouth. <laughs> but you know what? You you have a really great sense of humor. I mean, 
And a lot of times when we have great sense of, uh, of humor, you don't take yourself that seriously. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's a good thing. It's a good trait. And so, yeah, continue with that. It's a beautiful trait. And, and so using that for me is, is waking up each day and, and seeing how, how much that you can do and not be just a miserable, you know, just a miserable person. And uh, knowing so, that not that serious. Wow. Up next is Mike Riley, the voice of Iron Man. I do on a daily basis that makes my life better every day do you have a habit of something you do every day or is not having a habit what you do every day that makes it better <laughs> yeah I really don't have a, a, a habits I mean you know if I get up and want to have a cup of coffee I do if I don't I don't if I get up and want to because I don't have a day job now you know I was that active for 16 17 years and then another company after that and now I'm just during the day I'm writing my book and doing whatever I want to do. So my day's pretty free flowing. And, and, you know, I, I think the habits that get me going through the day is just to stay positive. I possibly, if, if, if I feel something now I'm in such a writing mode, I write it down. If I remember something from years past, I try to get it down and remember it. Uh, I go through old pictures and photographs and I recall that memory uh, but then, you know, my biggest habit is looking forward to the next event. Yeah. You know, I, I love history and I love memories, but at Ironman Arizona next month, when uh, this month, when we, uh, were me and 2,500 others are together, uh, I'm going to be able to witness a lot of great new memories and, and, uh, milestones for somebody's life. And th- that's, that's what keeps me going on a daily basis. I mean, yes. that, that and my family. Up next is Chrissy Wellington, a former professional triathlete and four-time Ironman triathlon world champion. I kiss my husband and our, our daughter and tell them that I love them. Oh, It's so easy to get to the end of the day and think, actually, did I even look you in the eye and tell you that I loved you today? Oh, yeah. And it's so important. So I try to do it at the start of the day and really mean it. Next, Layla Ali, retired world champion boxer, author, entrepreneur, wife and mother, and the daughter of the late, great Muhammad Ali. I think for me that makes a day great is just getting myself in the right mindset and having gratitude and prayer. That's what really makes a difference for me um, because it just puts my spirit in the right place. So no matter what happens, there's so many things that go on in our lives and our world that we can't control, but I can adapt to it as if, if my spirit is balanced and in the right place. So I would say definitely prayer. Next up is Randy Spelling, a life coach and a former actor. Um, a few things I do when I wake up, um, and I go in and out of doing this, but, but I, I notice such a difference is I, I will really try to wake up and first thing in the morning is I do a, even if it's two minutes, a, a short meditation, a breathing, setting an intention for the day Mm -hmm. to create a reference point. 
So any time during the day, if I get frazzled or rattled, I can always go back to that place. So for me, I have to set the energy for the day right away, right when I first wake up. And that sets the bar for the day. So when I'm out of alignment, I can always go back to that place. Yeah. So that's one. Two is uh, my wife and I, my wife will pack lunch in the morning. I'm making breakfast for the my two girls. And we try and finish in time where we have 10 minutes of connection time. We call it connection time. And um, I'll take one girl and she'll take the other and we'll just do something that they want to do. It's led by them. And uh, my one daughter really loves to draw. My other one likes to jump around on a little, you know, trampoline bouncy thing. We <laughs> You're like, I'm choosing the drawing. I don't want to jump. It's too early to jump. <laughs> yeah. But whatever they want to do so, so we can connect with them before they start their school day. Wow. That's but, some serious parenting. That, yeah, that, that really How helps. How hard is that? <laughs> you know, it's 10 minutes. Yeah, but to car to to play, I don't know. That's that seems so challenging, especially trying to get everyone out the door. You just do it and stop complaining. I know. Yeah, I mean, well, there are days where that doesn't happen, but more often than not, it does. And it's we try and give them the responsibility that it's up to them if they're down in t- if they do their morning rhythm and they're down in time and they eat by a certain time, then we have time to do something that they really want to do. Oh, I see. And that's a way of helping them learn to set a morning routine too. Exactly. It's really cool. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. And then uh, for me, it is important to get my, my blood moving. I find that I have much more mental clarity. So I will uh, do something, whether it's uh, go to the gym for a little bit or, um, you know, when it's colder outside, I, I'll go to the gym or I'll do a workout video at home and do something just to get my, my heart rate going and um, feel better. I, I eat pretty cleanly food that works for my body. Um, it's taken me a while to figure out what foods those are, but I know what foods I function best with. Um, and I you know, do things during the day that, uh, that fill me up. And working with people is one of them. I try and carve out a little bit of time to do something creative, even if that's writing a a blog or do something, even if it's, you know, 10 or 15 minutes where I can just be stimulated in that way. Next up is Jason Jacksetic, the lifestyle brand manager for the Spartan Races. So if I have if I have a practice, it would be journaling in the morning, where I just I just start kind of riffing, mm-hmm. and that that helps me. That helps me just get my bearings right. You know, it's it's not even so much about archiving anything for the past, but it's always great to go back and read it. But I'll I'll sit down, and I'll be like, you know, I'll start to kind of come down to and, and journaling to me is always about priorities. And that's how you get the most out of your day is really identifying the singular thing that needs to happen, like like the, the bigger picture. And so that when you expend energy and expend time towards an end, it's the end that makes the most difference for where you want to be. Um, 
So, so I journal in the morning to really get in touch with what direction am I heading in? Um, what, what needs to happen today for today to be a success? And, and very often that is not what I thought it was. I woke up in a panic of all these to do's. Yeah. And then in the journaling process, I realized that those to do's were to do's towards things that maybe weren't the real important thing that needed to be done that day. And I, I never really kind of wake up knowing what the what what needs to be done. I kind of have to work it out. Yeah. So that's that's what I would say. It's a, it's a it's a practice. The Stoics, you know, used to journal a lot. Marcus Aurelius, and like you read his meditations, and he's like, here's here's a guy who's the emperor of the world, pretty much at that point, of the Roman Empire, and he's just kind of musing about like really abstract, like where should I be putting my time today, and what's right. really important. He had a lot of to-dos on his list, and he's spending his time kind of working out the bigger picture. Um, and I, I kind of look at it that way. I write, and I make sure it's not for any audience other than me, and I, I try not to step on my, my own way of thinking. I just kind of let it happen and, and, then, and then go act in accordance with what really, not needs to be done, but what am I really trying to do? Up next is Melissa Hartwig, co-founder of The Whole30 Program. Um, the obvious thing would be to talk about my fitness, but I'm not. I'm going to talk about the fact that I read a book, a piece of a book, every single day at some point. Every single day, I am reading anywhere from five minutes to a half an hour. Every day, I make time for this. And to me, it just feels like such a simple indulgence. I love reading books so much. I would rather read a book than watch a movie. Mm -hmm. um, and I've just figured out how to carve this time into my day. I do it every night before I fall asleep and or before I go to bed or wrap up for bed. Um, and I just find it such a simple indulgent thing. It's just for me. It's not for anybody else. I'm not sharing this with anybody else. I'm not participating with anyone else. And for me, it just feels like such a a quiet time, a downtime, something that fills my cup that's just for me. Um, that's something that I've implemented that I've been doing, I mean, for gosh, decades now that I, I love and I wouldn't give up for anything. Up next, Lizzie Velasquez, author of the book, Dare to be kind. Well, first of all, I love that so much. This is the most creative question ever. Um, <laughs> and I long think, and lengthy. <laughs> I yeah. I mean, I I I have sort of this three. I dropped my phone. Sorry. It's okay. Uh, okay. Can you hear me? Yeah. 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 Um, I. I have I have this the three things that sort of keep me going on a daily basis. And it's my faith, my family, and my friends. And every day I know that I have to make contact with at least one of those three things. And in order for me to keep me going and to keep my day no matter how it's going, I have to either say a prayer, I have to talk to a friend or family member and looking at pictures at my dog and staring at them whenever I'm away from them. It's just like the cherry on top of things. <laughs> and I think that's just like my my thing. Keeping those things in, in my life is what keeps me going every single day. 
Up next is James Lawrence. James has completed 50 Ironman races in 50 states in 50 days. Yeah, number one is obviously going to be show up. <laughs> um, but aside from that, it's like I, I have a stack of to-do lists beside me. And, and for me to have success, you know, that, again, that's, that's the big goal, right? Knock all these out. Um, but I, I, every single day I'll go through my list and I'll go, okay, these are my top three today. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I'll just attack those. Um, cause we just, you know, we live in a day and age of massive distraction and, 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 you know, where's the shiny light. <laughs> right. And, and so I, I have to disconnect from all the things I have to do, the big picture. I know what it is, but I got to disconnect from it. And then I pick three and then, uh, and then, and then knock those out. And then at the end of every day I go, yeah, I accomplished what I was, I was out to do today. And tomorrow I get to show up again and, and pick three more. Up next is Shay Eskew, a world-ranked triathlete and author of the book, What the Fire Ignited. There's several things. I don't know if I can say just one, but one of it, it's everything I do, I put on my calendar, and then I share with my wife. She knows, hey, I'm going to get up at four. I'm going to start working out at five. That's my time. You know, unless something crazy is coming, that's where you'll find me. But I also try to understand, hey, what's important to you? So one of the things that she expressed, you know, 10 years ago is she wanted two days to sleep in and recover. So Saturday and Sundays, she sleeps in and gets breakfast in bed. Oh. And so Saturdays, what I do is I get up, I ride my bike two hours, I'll stop, make breakfast, make sure everybody's good, and then an hour later, finish my bike ride. And then Sundays, I'll just do my, you know, like I do a, say a 15 mile run, I'll wait and do it after the kids go to bed that night. Mm-hmm. So I'm really big on making sure that the workouts don't interfere with family time because if they do, you're going to have a resentful spouse and feel like you're missing out on your kids activities. Um, I've never scheduled any of my races during my kids sporting events. And I think one of the big things I hear from people is why well, don't have an hour to go work out? Well, do 30 minutes, do 20 minutes. Something is better than nothing. I mean, I've got times where I'll just do 15 minute run and, and that's it. Right. I, I struggle do. with that. I, I yeah. feel, I feel like if I can't do the whole hour, that's where my, one of my big hangups is, is I don't just do the little things, but that's such a good point. Do what you can. Absolutely. And so, you know, and sometimes it's like for my long bike rides, I'll do an hour and a half in the morning and then an hour and a half once everybody's went to bed. Mm-hmm. And waking up early is a huge, huge thing. It is so, such a lifesaver. Don't you agree? Absolutely. I don't know because when people tell me they wait and work out after you know, their day's over. I would never do it. <laughs> it never happens. Something no. keeps popping up, work, kids, or you're just you know, worn out. And so when you can make it the first thing you do when you wake up, I mean, I have a routine. I get up at four, I walk the dog 15 minutes, I make my Starbucks coffee and two frozen blueberry waffles, and then I read for 20 minutes and then send emails for another 10 to 15. So that's my routine every single day. Mm-hmm. So, and then you train your body, hey, this is what how it works. Yeah, and it gets used to it. I mean, I've been, I do that too. I get up super early. 
and then I write and then when everyone else wakes up, then I'll work out or whatever, you know, but I have a set morning schedule too and it starts super early. And today I decided to sleep in and I got up and I put on my tri shorts because I was going to run and it is now 3.30 and I'm still in my tri shorts (laughs) (laughs) and I have not run and I keep thinking, okay, you know, when am I going to do it? Um, if I don't do it in the morning, it just, yeah, I'll sit in my tri shorts all day and then I'll just get a shower. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, I said, something to me is better than nothing. Yeah. But likewise, on the same token, it's just some days you can't get it in. You know, I've had days where I've had to be at the airport at 430. And so on those days, I mean, I struggle with this still, but you have to let it go. Right. You can't kill yourself to get a, a workout in. You'll be so much more rested just to call it a day get a good night's sleep start over the next day right don't try to double down and make up for the missed workout the next day next is kyle maynard the first quadruple amputee to reach the summit of mount kilimanjaro and mount Aconcagua without the aid of prosthetics <laughs> yeah um i warned you and you still weren't ready you you're did. supposed to say uh, meditation meditation i although i do need I'm to meditate more and, and okay so do. Do, where do you <laughs> but, fall on that spectrum are you not a meditator no i'm a meditator but like it's i'm a like a there's that there one. are so few <laughs> things that like i do i was thinking about this on a consistent regular basis mm-hmm. because of the nature of like my life especially in the last few years has been so far all over the map, you know, whether it's, you know, traveling different things and, you know, all just constantly like last year, I think my residence was in California and San Diego, but I spent maybe less than 90 days here, certainly. Wow. So constantly kind of on the road, I would say that, you know, it's probably not that hard to gather that like I get pretty dorky with stuff i love learning and i think the thing that is consistently like some of the 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 best use of my time in the long haul is is learning the return on investment of learning is phenomenal both from like just you know an experience of life and, and happiness perspective but also in terms of like achievement and and what it does for you down the road. Like I had heard it explained recently that, you know, if you were to study dozens of different things over the course of your life, and then as those things begun kind of like congeal and intersect that, that allows for like geometric growth in terms of, of what you're able to, contribute to the world right yeah it's not just through my general philosophy on that too is like specialized and not specializing and it's something i stole from greg glassman who crossfit founder like the whole thing is like to um you know be able to have kind of a breadth of knowledge over like a wide range of um topics and like whether it's you know photography and film or like psychology or philosophy or biology um you know or 
even maybe like the trade work. Like I would love to learn soon, like welding or car- carpentry. Yeah. So stuff like that, like just, I think is so critical to good experience of life that, and I know a lot of people, you know, work in, work in a full-time job, having a family, like it's sometimes you want to just come home and like turn on, you know, Netflix and shut the world out. But like, if we can go and devote even 30 minutes, an hour a day to learning and actively engaged in, in what we want to go and learn and take on, I think that, that, that payoff is, is huge in the long run. So that's, that's awesome. That's my go-to there. I don't know. I think my 24 hours is a good 24 hours if I've learned something. Up next is Brian McKenzie, a human performance and motivation specialist. Uh, I actually have a formal breathing meditation practice. Okay. Yeah. That I, I mean, look, A, I move. Um, I, I, this is kind of a compound answer. <laughs> I, I, I do breath work. I meditate with inside that structure or outside of that. I actually do yoga basically daily and I move in another form of whether I'm on my bike, I'm running or I'm tra- training in the gym. These are the things I do. This is what I do in, in order to feel my best. And I may even get in my sauna or my cold tank. Right. And yeah. you know, I, th- those are all things that I implement in my life because they all have a very, very positive impact on my life. So how long is what I said? One question. I lied. Mm-hmm. One more. Um, yeah. <laughs> how long, you know, a, a lot of times with the breath work and yoga, people say I don't have time, which BS to that. But yeah. how long do you meditate and, and, and do yoga? And it all depends. It all depends. Yeah. Uh, my, my breath work and meditation is sometimes just less than 10 minutes. Okay. Other times it can be upwards of 30 minutes. Okay. So you can, you can do it in any time you have. Whatever you got. Any time you make. Breathing is actually a form of meditation. Yeah. So just doing some breathing for five to 10 minutes will actually not that it'll literally alter your physiology. Our last guest, Tony Hawk, professional skateboarder and founder of the skateboard company Birdhouse. Uh, I, I would have to say staying grounded in, in that, waking up early with our kids, getting them off to school and being, having that sense of normalcy in, in a, in a life that is fantastical and crazy at times. Um, that is what gives me probably the most pride. And, and I feel like I'm connecting with our kids in a way that is important and not just leaving it to nannies or whatever, you know, whatever it is that people expect of me. Um, we're very much ground, you know, taking out the trash, doing that kind of stuff. Like we're grounded in reality and that keeps us very connected. Um, and then the other stuff, sure. I love to go skate and, and that that's probably what gives me the most sense of peace and, and, um, and value in terms of my career. Um, but it's definitely doing the normal stuff with our kids that I, I, I could never, um, I can never underestimate. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the same 24 hours podcast. I hope you all have a great new year and head into 2019 
with the greatest intentions and gratitude and, yes, perhaps some meditation. I look forward to another season of episodes, and if you do too, please remember to rate and subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. It's super helpful. I hope you all have a great holiday season, an excellent start to your new year, and I will see you soon.